Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on Mon- or excuse me, Tuesday, Tuesday, March the 30th. Uh, again, as we continue our journey through Holy Week, we continue this journey with Jesus uh, to the cross on Friday and to the uh, grave on Saturday and to the empty tomb on Sunday. So um, we're going to continue with John's gospel. We saw yesterday he was in Bethany. So he had approached Jerusalem. He was reclining at table with Lazarus, his friend. Martha was serving. Mary did that extravagant gesture. Uh, that was the, the three of them, the, those friends, each honoring him and blessing. Um, and, and each inviting us to different things. Um, in, in our relationship with Christ, because each one of them is correct to, to serve, uh, to, to recline with, and, uh, and to extravagantly uh, give of ourselves. Um, so beautiful. So anyway, today we're going to keep going. That was chapter 12 uh, in John's Gospel. Today we're in 13. Uh, we're going to pick up immediately after Jesus has washed the feet of his disciples. So we're now at the Last Supper. And for the next five chapters in John's gospel, that is the Last Supper discourse. Jesus has a lot to say on the night before he's going to die. So we're going to be John 13, 21 to 33, and then 36 to 38. Okay? Let's break open God's word. A little bit longer today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Reclining at table with his disciples, Jesus was deeply troubled and testified, Amen, amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another at a loss as to whom he meant. One of his disciples, the one whom he loved, was reclining at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter nodded to him to find out whom he meant. He leaned back against Jesus' chest and said to him, Master, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I hand the morsel after I have dipped it. So he dipped the morsel and took it and handed it to Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot. After Judas took the morsel, Satan entered him. So Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. Now, none of those reclining at table realized why he said this to him. Some thought that Judas, since Judas kept the money bag, Jesus had told him, buy what you need for the feast, or to give something to the poor. So Judas took the morsel and left at once, and it was night. When he had left, Jesus said, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and he will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. You will look for me, and as I told the Jews, where I go, you cannot come. So now I say it to you. Simon Peter said to him, Master, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going You cannot follow me now, though you will follow later. Peter said to him, Master, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, 
Will you lay down your life for me? Amen, amen. I say to you, the cock will not crow before you deny me three times. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So here we are at the Last Supper, right? And, uh, and the stage is being set. Yesterday, we saw Jesus was in Bethany, um, a stone's throw from Jerusalem. So he's approaching Jerusalem. Here he is at the Last Supper. Uh, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke's gospel, now this is worth a longer podcast, uh, but in the synoptics, they celebrate the Passover feast, but not in John's gospel. Uh, in John's gospel, the Passover feast is the next night, and, and Jesus is the Passover lamb being, being uh, killed for the Passover. Oh, the theology there is just so good, and there's so much to talk about. But we even see this in the, in the first lines where it says, um, oh, gosh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Oh, God, I did have it. Uh, okay, well. Trust me, it's, uh, it's there. I, I think we got to go back in chapter 13. Forgive, I, I was looking at that beforehand. But anyway, two things I guess I want to help us focus on here. So the table's set. It's the night before, literally and figuratively, by the way. It's the night before he is going to be killed. And that first line says to us, reclining at table with his disciples. So he's with his best friends. He's where he wants to be, and he's lived all his life to be there at this moment. But it says, reclining at table with his disciples, Jesus was deeply troubled and testified. Amen, amen. I say to you, one of you will betray me. I start there in that, in that place because it's a place where you and I, I think can meet our friend Jesus, where you and I can meet our Savior Jesus, where you and I can meet the God-man, the one who is fully human, not just fully God. But I know if I were in that space, I would be deeply troubled. I think that would be an understatement. But again, I, I, I think what that does is not only says to me that, that uh, Christ knows what it's like to be human, but he knows what it's like for us when we are in those places too. When we are deeply troubled based on whatever is happening in our life or what is happening in the world, whatever's going on that is deeply troubling us, our God has been there too and can not only sympathize with us, he can empathize with us. And he has compassion and he walks with us in the midst of that valley. And I love that interchange here. So the disciples look at one another, knowing somebody's going to betray him. And as one of his disciples, now again, John uses this imagery. We often just say, well, this is John. But it's the, it's the brilliant writing of the, uh, the, whether it was the evangelist John or whether it was a community who, uh, who he um, created and, and followed uh, in his likeness and so therefore wrote the gospel. Um, one of the disciples, they, they wrote it in this way, the one whom Jesus loved was reclining at Jesus' side. So again, I urge you, my friends, put yourself in the role because that's what the author intended. Not just to say, okay, that's shorthand for John. One of his disciples, 
the one whom Jesus loved, was reclining at Jesus' side. Remember how I said there are three ways, and all three of the family yesterday were honoring Christ? One, Martha served. The other reclined at his side at table, and the other did the extravagant gift of love. All three honor it. Brothers and sisters, this is where we, if we are the one whom Jesus loves, the disciple whom we are, we are called also to recline at his side. And so Peter nods at him and says, hey, you know, find out who he is. Again, showing the, the primacy of Peter here. And then this beautiful line, he, meaning the disciple whom Jesus loved, leaned back against Jesus's chest and said to him, Master, who is it? So he's leaning on the chest of God. He hears the heartbeat of God. Brothers and sisters, isn't that beautiful? He, the, intimate, the intimacy of that act? He's leaning on the chest of his best friend. And he hears the heartbeat of God. Isn't that what you and I are called to be as well? We are the one whom, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And we too are called not only to recline at table alongside him, but to lay our very head on his chest until his heartbeat becomes our heartbeat. That imagery is so beautiful that the two are one in that intimate act, in that moment. The two are one. So then we find out who it is. Um, Jesus says, it's the one to whom I hand the morsel. He dips it, hands it to Judas. And they say, you know, what he says to him, what you're going to do, do quickly. And, and Judas excuses himself. And the, and the rest of the disciples don't bat an eye. They don't, they don't know. They assume, oh, he's going to buy for the feast, which would be tomorrow. So he's going to buy for the Passover feast. Or he's going to give money for the poor, to the poor. Um, but that, you know, comings and goings, they, they happen. This is no big deal. But it's after he leaves that Jesus pours out his heart. No, not for the first time. And it wasn't that he was waiting for, for Judas to leave, I suspect. But it's almost like at this point, he can, he can talk about what's going to happen clearly. And he says, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. And he uses that term time and time again, that idea that if God is glorified in him, God will glorify him in himself and he will glorify him at once. I mean, again, so Johnian, Joanine uh, language, that, that idea of glory, glory, glory. Now, here's my question for you and, 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 of course, for me too. When you think of glory, what do you think of? How does that look? For me, when Jesus talks about now will God glorify him, I think of the resurrection. I think of Jesus appearing to his disciples, whether it was through the, the locked doors in the, in the upper room or, or on the beach or on the hill on, on the day of ascension where he goes to the Father and he's glorified. And you know what? 
I don't know if that's entirely wrong, but my friends, I don't think that's what Jesus is saying here. I think he's talking about some different type of glory. I've mentioned this previously. The book of John, John's gospel, is divided up into two halves. And you pick up your own Bible, you can see this. But the first is, uh, chapters 1 through 12 is called the book of signs. And chapters 13 through the end, which is 21, is the book of glory. And, uh, and constantly, we see this, gosh, I think I referenced it a couple weeks ago, when the mother of Zebedee's twins, or the, 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 the mother of, uh, of uh, the sons of thunder, uh, the wife of Zebedee, sorry, so the mother of James and John, when came to Jesus and said, uh, Lord, I have a request, what is it, that when you come into your glory, my sons may be at your right and at your left? He says, uh, do they have what it takes to drink the cup? I do. Uh, you, you will drink the cup, but who will be on my right and my left? That is for whom it is assigned. And again, who is at his right and his left? It's going to be insurrectionists, right? It's going to be people who go to the cross with him and who are on his right and his left. That somehow, brothers and sisters, glory for Jesus Christ is that whole idea. And, I, and I'm sure it's true. For, I, I know what I say is true, not only for Christ, but for you and I. Glory for Jesus Christ, and therefore for you and I, is to the extent we are able to die so that God may live in us. That's glory. And I say that, and it is the hardest thing to do. I mean, didn't we just hear last week, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single grain? That's that old idea constantly Jesus is coming back to it. And that's what Jesus means uh, in, about in glory. Now, don't just take my word for it. Had we read the first reading from Isaiah, which was so good, by the way, uh, it talks about Isaiah, you know, how he's made him a sharp two-edged sword uh, and a polished arrow in his quiver. Uh, but he says, you are my servant, he said to me, Israel, through whom I show my glory. So he's talking now through Isaiah to Israel. You are my servant, Israel through whom I show my glory. How did God show his glory through Israel? Was it by Israel becoming a great empire? Because that's what they thought. My friends, if we're honest, Israel time and time and time again was at the crossroads of other greater empires bulldozing them, be that Assyria first, be that Babylon second, be that the Greeks third, be that the Romans fourth. And we're not even going back to the Egyptians, right? Constantly, they are an occupied people. They are taken away, not only enslaved in Egypt, but they are captive in Babylon. They're constantly under oppression. So how is that possible that God shows his glory through them? He does it because even in their unfaithfulness, God takes them back. He does it by showing them even in their weakness, it is then that they are strong because they have no other thing to rely on but God's strength. And yet here they are, 2,000 years, 3,000 years later, still among us, having gone through, uh, I mean, all kinds of, of harassment and, and holocausts and, and, and uh, being conquered people. He doesn't show his glory through them by their strength. He shows his glory through them by his life and mercy and grace 
and strength. And they, my friends, are called, if we were to read later on, they are called to be a light to the nations. It is too little, he says, for you to be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel. I will make you a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. What does that salvation look like? It looks like Christ showing us what glory looks like, dying so that God's life may live. Brothers and sisters, this is a hard word for all of us. But especially in this Holy Week, may we remind ourselves that I know that's true. When Jesus says, now is the hour for my glory, he invites us into that same glory. Today is a very, uh, is the day of salvation, as we heard on, uh, on Ash Wednesday. Now is a very acceptable day. Now is the day of salvation. How? By giving everything over to Christ again. Maybe for the second time, maybe the first, maybe the 5,000th. But dying to ourself that God may live within us, that our seed may die in that ground so its fruit may grow. We walk to Holy Week. We'll have many days to practice this, my friends. But for now, let's pray. And so we continue through um, the sorrowful mysteries and we bring our intentions before our loving God as we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The second sorrowful mystery, the scourging at the pillar. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, God's peace and love and blessings with you this day. And uh, may your holy week be blessed. And we'll see you again tomorrow when we break open God's word one day closer to Good Friday.